Hey, that's pretty good. The Raptors defeating the Atlanta Hawks 139 to 109. Pretty close. Five points away from tying the record. Other records were set tonight. Scotty Barnes hitting the most threes he's ever hit in his career. Five. Pascal Siakam has hit more free throws than he hit in this game, but 13 of 16 from the line. Really big deal. Trey Young probably with one of his worst plus minuses he's ever had. I believe he was minus 29 at the end of the game. His minutes, the Raptors found ways to defend him extremely well, the team extremely well. And uh, yes, this is the Raptors Reaction Podcast. I'm your host, Samson Folk, of course. And uh, this is brought to you by Goldfinger Law. And hey, shout out to Goldfinger Law, where there's no fee unless you win. And you can contact them at 416-730-1777. What a game this was. I was cozied up in, in the media 116 section watching this game. And the second half is really where everything kind of pops off, uh, both on offense and, and on defense for the Raptors. We saw probably the first game where teams were a little bit more reserved with wanting to double Pascal. Pascal got accustomed to that and then started completely destroying anybody who kind of was near him. 16 free throw attempts. Is not a guy who um, who isn't you know putting his will into the game, putting his stamp on the game, leaving his mark, all this kind of stuff. 31, 12, and 6 at the end of it. Gary finished with 21. Uh, Scotty finished with 21. Seven boards, eight, eight assists as well. Uh, the five threes, as I mentioned before. And yeah, like Pascal plus 30. Scotty plus 31. Everybody except for Malachi Flynn was a positive in this game. And even Malachi... It was just more so he was playing without Pascal for the most part. And when you play without Pascal during this season, you lose minutes typically. And uh, yeah, he just didn't have as much crossover there. And he had a little bit of uh, trouble defensively, but I, I thought he he got to quite a few important places on the floor. But I guess we could start with OG Ananobi, who was absolutely tremendous. And I say start as I'm like two and a half minutes into it, but he was tremendous. 14 points, six boards, three assists. Six steals. That's right. You heard it correct. Six steals. He was everywhere. He's a ball hawk as per usual, stealing and getting into passing lanes, but also on ball being an absolute pest. And pest doesn't even seem like the correct word because he's so big and imposing. It's an overwhelming thing. I believe it was Jalen Johnson or DeJounte Murray. I can't remember who it was on the sideline. And OG picked him once, kind of blew up a a dribble handoff play picked the ball, he got it back, and then OG picked it again and went up the other side of the court. And OG, you know, Pascal talked about it after the game. Everybody was saying like, hey, thoughts on OG? He's pretty good. And he was like, yeah, this is a guy who can be in consideration for defensive player of the year. And he says he talks to OG about this, uh, consistency, providing that same level of effort all the time. And I got to be honest with you, he might just be telling us what we want to hear or the classic stuff as, as media because... OG's effort on defense, I do not find that it wanes very often. Although Lewis Atzman posited that uh, perhaps somebody told OG like, hey, good defense doesn't really make the all-defense team. You could be the best defender in the world, but you got to get those block and steal rates up. And boy, howdy, two blocks tonight, six steals. His block and steal percentages are the highest they've ever been. And uh, he's... He is almost single-handedly bringing the Raptors' defense to a respectable point. And it's no surprise that he had lots of success today as an off-ball guy. But also on-ball, you know, 
the Raptors tip goes, the ball is in Trey's hands. Who's standing across from him? OG Ananobi. And that was largely what the Raptors went with right away. Then in the second half, after struggling at the point of attack to some degree, because even if it's OG at the point of attack, even if he's great, that means that Trey isn't going to isolate. You still have that thing where that screen is coming up. Capella or Collins, two of the best screening partners in the NBA. They play with Trey. That's That matters a little bit. But OG is going to get behind. And off the start, they were targeting Coloco in drop. And Coloco is not good in drop. He's quite bad at it currently. He's good at other things. As a low side rotating guy, protect the rim, pretty good. He has a good sense for it. His length is massive on that end. Kind of contesting around the bucket in those kind of, you know, dog pile scenarios. Guy tries to go up. That hand juts out right at the end. That's that's impactful. But when he was when he was the guy in drop involved in that action, he had just a ton of trouble. Uh, fouled early. They gave up shots and stuff like that. But uh, that was something that the Raptors adjusted to. And uh, they went with Ken Birch to start the second half. And I, this story of this game that I'm writing about is about OG, Precious, and Cam. And how they kind of changed the defensive fabric of this game. Because Pascal, who has been involved in a lot of actions guarding the best players on other teams like Donovan Mitchell, Kyrie Irving, Jimmy Butler, like James Harden, Tyrese Maxey, all these guys, but he didn't really get a crack at Trey Young, only in switches, right? And OG definitely had cracks at him. Precious had a lot of good possessions, and and Scotty had a couple as well. Although Scotty, he still plays quite high. He doesn't let his length act as a buffer. He wants to get into dudes, and I understand that impulse because if you're a big imposing dude, why not try it? But this is Trey Young. These are NBA guards. They beat him off the bounce a lot of the time. But, man, Precious and and OG in particular, I was so impressed with how they played against him. And and to start that second half where the Raptors really started taking over the game was Kem Birch in the middle. They put him in there, and he did what he did last year for a few games. You know, he had an up-and-down season, mostly down season. He was playing injured, and nobody knew that meniscus. But Kem comes in. He plays drop. He plays it really, really well. He gets into positions where Trey isn't getting exactly what he wants, but also, you know, Cam is starting to incentivize those tougher shots. And you have a guy like OG climbing over top to try to get into the play. Trey feels that pressure from behind. And Cam is providing enough resistance at the point of attack and making sure that Capella isn't going to be the guy catching lobs and all that kind of stuff. Really playing the middle really doing a good job in that cat and mouse game. And the Raptors helpers, you know, the, the rotation to, to the strong side of the court, right? Coming over, cheating, crowding those passing lanes, and then using the length to kind of pop up into passing lanes or make the, the passes have more arc on them so that there's more time to recover. All that stuff, especially in the second half, played to a T. Like, yeah, John Collins gets 12 and 12. Uh, DeJounte Murray has 20 and 9. But... Keeping Trey Young to 14 and 10 and three of 13 with count them 10 turnovers. That is a huge deal. And the Raptors being able to crowd him at the point of attack and really make sure that all the reads that he was comfortable trying to make were not available. That was absolutely immense. And that was the biggest part of this game, obviously, is the Raptors have a history of trying, you know, to stop Trey Young. And it takes it takes a village 
you know, to make sure that he can't get to where he wants to on the court. And where's the support if he does get downhill? Where are you pulling from? Where are you trying to force that pass to? Are you disguising a pass that you're going to jump? Is the help going to come if you miss that jump? Are they going to rotate behind? Is that guy going to get back to the weak side of the floor afterwards? Like, all these things are going on. And the Raptors, not necessarily on a string in this game, but I thought the principles were really strong. And the efforts within those principles also really, really strong. And and a big part of that is, of course, Precious, Chris Boucher, and the starting lineup, Kem Birch. It, it was a very, very impressive game defensively, even if 109 isn't... I mean, that's not like elite defensive numbers, but this was an up and down game. The Raptors scored 139, right? So I was really, really impressed with that. Offensively, Gary Trent Jr. continues to impress as a guy who's kind of stacking on those possessions with Pascal. We saw that work in this game. He was used in a couple situations that Fred is typically used, those ghost screens being being a, a presence there in in those actions with Pascal and making sure that hey there's a guy pulling guys away making sure that the uh the Hawks sorry are a team that they don't know what they want to throw at the Raptors really because they're like well who's going to be in the mismatch is that guy also well equipped to guard the the screening action if he does stick the screen all this kind of stuff and uh Pascal the man who has been doubled I don't have the numbers last year it was a lot, one of the most in the NBA. I would hazard a guess that he's been doubled more than anybody else in the NBA this season. Maybe Luca, maybe Luca might be somebody else, but Pascal has received a lot of attention. He's passed out of it. A lot of his assists in this game were in transition. And in the half court, he got to try and break dudes down. In the first half, he was adjusting to that attention. Okay, this is what that looks like. These are the seams I'm seeing pop up. How do I kind of fit into that? And we saw in the second half, as I said at the top, found the seams, found where he could take advantage, and absolutely did. And I mean, this is a guy who came into this game with a free throw rate of 0.407, right? That's really, really high. And he went to the line 16 times. So, And the 13 makes is the biggest deal. Talk to him about it after the game. He's saying like, yeah, I'm trying to do this every game. I, I try and get to the bucket every single game, no matter what. This was a good game for me. It's just important that I make them. He's aware that he's been <laughs> struggling at the line over the past year or so. And 13 for 16 is a really big deal. No turnovers tonight either. It's, if you let Pascal work in his own space, and even when you double him, the turnovers for the amount of passes he makes, the amount of assists he has, Turnovers are in a really, really good place. But if you let Pascal just work one-on-one, go to his spot, beat a guy to a spot, beat a guy to where he wants to go, he's he's just going to be in his own element. And we see 31, 12, and 6. Really, really impressive. And when it comes to Scotty, we're talking about a guy who really started 15 of that 21 comes from three-point shooting. Some of it is the ball comes out to him off an offensive rebound. The ball swings to him above the the break. He puts it in. Some of it, however, is a dude rocking up the court and pulling up because he's the defense dropping back. He's like, okay, let me get this. And hits, you know, five of nine. It's not like he took 15 shots to get there. He, he just, he put them in calm, cool, and collected as much as you like. Found his way to offense. And, you know, some of those, we talked about Pascal having transition assists, Scotty as well. Scotty getting a ball, 
running out on the break, finding guys, even in the half court still, that connective stuff really paying off in this game. RaptorsRepublic.com, Lewis Atzman wrote a really great piece about how Scotty's been fitting into all the roles that are maybe a little bit neglected on this team. Shooter, connective passer, rebounder, defender. You know, the Raptors at any given point in time are looking for something like that. And Scotty puts that hand up in the air and says, teacher, teacher, I'm the guy who can read this answer out loud. I won't stutter. I follow the sentence with my finger. I'm there for you. I'm going to accomplish that goal. And he does, man. Really, really impressive. He continues, you know, you've been listening to all these podcasts, weekly podcasts, reaction podcasts, whatever. You've heard me say, Scotty looks quite good to start the season. And he does. And 21-7-8, and it's just another feather in that cap. Just another good start. Another good game for Scotty. I mean, and I got a little bit, you know, off track, but Gary as well. Uh, there, there was a little bit of off the dribble stuff for Gary too. Like a, a dribble into traffic, you know, spin, finish over top of, of Collins who, you know, Gary spun wider than Collins thought he would. And then so Gary's finishing at the bucket. Nice to see. It took it to the rim a couple times, got free throws. We like that. Achua and Boucher. I mean, these guys, they come into the game, they win their minutes. That wasn't true in the se- the second game against uh, Philly. And, uh, man, I think they were both zero. Like, their plus-minus was zero. But that was a tough game for everybody. When you're sitting across from Tyrese Maxey making every shot, that was tough. But, yeah, once again, Precious and Chris come in. Precious with 10-3-1. Boucher with 11-3-1-2. and two. It's, you know, they both shoot 67% from the floor. Precious got to the line three times for six free throws, all of which he made. And he continues to be a guy, whether it's in motion in the offense, kind of being a reactive player, somebody's going downhill. He's forming up off a drive. He he has a little pump, put the ball down. He's at the front of the rim immediately. They also had a just a straight up like dribble handoff, little pitch play at the top of the arc. He came around the corner. He went to the free throw line because he's such a gifted athlete. You know, even in small spaces, but especially in the big ones, he turns the corner, a live dribble, and a guy, a big, who's playing at the level of the screen, all of a sudden, whether it's backpedaling or getting sideways, they have to keep up with Precious going downhill. That's a big ask, and not one that that many bigs can do, and John Collins couldn't in that situation either. It's just a really, really impressive game from so many different players, and they found cohesion. I thought that was great. Malachi Flynn... Uh, was getting into the paint. He was two for six in this one. He had a layup at the end of the game, a left-handed finish. He had a pull-up from about 17 feet coming off of a screen and roll in the first quarter. And I thought that first quarter stint, the second quarter was not as successful. But the first quarter stint, I thought, was successful. There were a couple things at the point of attack where he got bodied. And it looked like, hey, you know, maybe Atlanta's trying to hunt him a little bit. He had a great stonewall on Trey. That, that led to a turnover. Like, Trey tried to get around the edge. You know, Flynn popped out. He's using the sideline as that second defender, and he and he gets him there. Trey, one of his many turnovers, he gets flustered, tries to pass it back out. I believe it was Scotty who jumped the pass, goes up court, goes to Precious for a dunk, if I'm remembering that correctly. And, and that, was, that was because Flynn beat Trey to a spot, and that's not easy to do. And he also did it in a scenario where Trey didn't have that backup plan. And that's about the help. 
but it's just it's nice to see the point of attack in harmony with the help in that regard. But yeah, there, there were some possessions where Flynn was able to get deep into the paint. Didn't make shots, but two feet in the paint is a classic uh, scouting, you know, thing for a reason. When you get two feet in the paint, you turn the defense. Flynn maybe is a bit rushed trying to get in there, so he's not as effective once he's in there. But at least you're there. Then you can uh, begin to kind of, you know, take into account, okay, this is how the defense responds to me. Do I look to the corner? Is that going to drag the guy there? And then I spray it out above the break. Am I, do my eyes shift that weak side? So the guy who's zoning up the weak side, does my body language do it? Do I need to pass fake right after I pick up the dribble so that I can jump afterwards and make the pass once he's, you know, committed? Like all this type of stuff, you learn and you, you kind of do that stuff, but you'll never learn that. You'll never know that if you don't get into the paint at all. So at least he's in those positions. And uh, a couple attempts at the rim, too. Neither dropped. He made that layup late in the game, uh, garbage time. But regardless, I, I liked Flynn's first stint. The second quarter didn't go as well, but I liked that first stint. Champagne, Dalton Jr., Banton, Hernan Gomez, uh, Ron Harper Jr., all got between five to, to three minutes. And Dalton, he had such a slick inside hand layup where is that hesitation? I can't remember who he beat above the break, but he beat um a, a smaller big above the break got to the rim it's just flexing a first step that's still quite good at the nba level it's not just a a first step that wins at the 905 at the g league level this is a first step that can get a guy places in the nba champagne um two really great finishes at the bucket um one off of a cut one off of a handoff i was really impressed with that i've been saying for some time and i wasn't backed up by the statistics it's still a small sample that this is a really good finisher. And so that was nice to see him finish both of his attempts there. Banton uh, tried like hell to get downhill. He, he was pulling out like combos and all that kind of stuff. But uh, yeah, I, I like Banton's minutes as well. He's just, he's out there to try stuff. And Wancho and Ron were just kind of, they're out there going through the motions. It's garbage time. Do your thing. But that was a really, really fun game. I, I enjoyed that immensely. And uh, the Reggie Evans Award, I'm actually, I'm giving it to Pascal. And maybe some people, you know, he's too big a star. How could a star be the guy who embodies the play style of uh, uh, of Reggie Evans? Well, I'm saying that's why it's so impressive, right? That's <laughs> he goes out there, he gets 12 rebounds. He had this one. I was sitting next to Joe Cacharo in uh, the media section, and we just ogled at this one offensive rebound he grabbed over DeJounte Murray. And it's just like, a guy who's willing to go do all that stuff, what he's been willing to do for quite some time, uh, he goes the extra mile on both ends of the floor for this team. He's always been able to do a lot and to do it while also being a guy who gives you 30, you know, and that amount of assists to be an offensive engine and he's still providing all that extra stuff, you know, and even providing more of that intangible stuff as far as like work and it providing more of that tangible stuff like rebounds and closing out possessions or or granting new ones. He's doing it more than he did in the past while still carrying kind of an absurd offensive load. That's a Reggie Evans award winner to me. Okay. <clears throat> the top quick reaction comment is from Diggs. Quote, just got to say that Kim, quote, 
Didn't really give you a lot offensively, unquote. Birch was as productive per minute as Gary and Precious while having two steals and two boards on top of his corner three and two made free throws in nine minutes of court time. Can't ask for anything more. That's an A job well done to me. Oh, okay, so this is a this is a quick reaction thing. Okay, it's Makai on the quick reaction. Um, I adore Makai. Very happy Makai does work for Raptors Public, and as is the case with many different things, uh, the quick reaction grades are cannon fodder, dude. They they are there. I hate I mean, people like how I assess the game. People like how I analyze the game. Um, and thank you to the people who tell me that. Um, even hey, I had an NBA coach stamp me in in public. You know, it's like the the comments will tear me up too. So I got to see what Makai is saying. Okay, so it has Kem's stat line. Solid defense from Birch tonight. Didn't really give you a lot offensively, but did everything you want on defense from a bench big, end quote. You got a C plus. So, Kai, my friend, C plus is lower than I would have given, but the write-up is important. Uh, he, he doesn't typically give you a lot offensively, but Kem, I thought, as far as a ball mover and a guy kind of navigating the middle of the floor on offense, whether it's short rolling or kind of transitioning to the next handoff as far as the read and react stuff, I was pretty happy with it. But it's correct. Like, he's not going to blow your hair back or whatever. But, uh, yeah, a little low, Kai. But uh, I like a lot, of, a lot of the other stuff you got here. Nice A-plus for Scotty Barnes. And uh, I look forward not only to Kai's quick reactions, but uh, the next big piece he writes. And uh, I think that's going to be on Gary Trent Jr. So anyway, uh, yeah, big shout out to Kai. Big shout out to you, uh, commenter, for giving giving Kem a little extra love, Diggs. And uh, yeah, thanks to you, listener, for for tuning in uh, or or video watcher. There's this on YouTube as well. So yeah, thanks for <laughs> thanks for tuning in. If uh, if you are watching on YouTube, make sure to like the video. Make sure to subscribe, and most importantly, for anybody listening or watching this, subscribe over at RaptorsRepublic.com. You will get to read my written work, Lewis Atzman's written work. That stuff is paywalled, and uh, we're. Lewis and myself are fully credentialed this year. We are at the games, in the locker rooms, at the practices, all that kind of stuff, talking to these players. And um, there's being, and as far as like the analysis and breakdown, Raptors Republic has been the best at it for a couple years, uh, if not longer. And as far as telling stories that you won't get elsewhere, um, myself and Lewis are working on that. Um, we've already told a couple, but that's our goal this year is to tell stories that won't get, uh, you know, tread over at like, you know, the, the bigger outlets, like, is is anybody writing a, a Jeff Doughton piece right now with reporting? I haven't talked to Jeff yet, but that's something that you could see happen to Raptors Republic. It's just paying attention to things that uh, that widen the, the fandom, that widen your enjoyment of the game. So subscribe over at RaptorsRepublic.com. Thanks for tuning in and listening to me. Uh, it's, it's been an absolute pleasure. So uh, whether you got into this in the morning or at night, have a blessed day and goodbye.